Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Talking Smack podcast presented by the Griffcast here at Canisius College. My name is Aiden Jolly alongside Adam Gorski. We're back from a two-week break. A lot of talk, lots to talk about this week. Let's do it. So the first thing to go over this week is uh, we'll start with the Mac Atlantic Sun Challenge. The Mac went six and two in eight games. A really good performance by them down in Florida. Marist and Ryder women. Uh, picked up some wins as well as the Iona and the Monmouth men were down in that tournament playing. Again, they go six and two. Uh, very good performance by them. Um, so, you know, good good games there. Uh, one thing I want to talk about is we actually have not talked about this regarding Iona. Is Tim Kluse has not been with the team all year. This is true. Yeah, this um, is true. He has been apparently he's been having some t- some type of health issue right now. Trey Arnold has been running the team. Hmm. Um, so. I mean, I don't know what's going on there, yeah, but yeah, obviously yeah. Um, Iona is, yeah. you know, not off to the Iona-esque start that they usually are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so obviously they haven't been as good. They're, they're still... Yeah, what, 2-2 two and two I, year, I believe I think? so, yeah. Um, I com- I'm completely blank- blanking on their record right now. Um, not a good start for me either. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. You know, turkey. Yeah. The turkey's still hitting. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. We, we, yeah. Uh, they're two and two on the year. Um, that does not include a, that doesn't include a win over uh, Mount St. Vincent in an exhibition game, but they beat, uh, when they were down in Florida, they beat Kennesaw state, uh, 65 to 52 and Stetson 60 to 55. Uh, they will play tomorrow against UConn. Uh, at Gamble Pavilion, um, so you know a a challenge, a real challenge for them. You yeah, know, these, but these I think next couple I, weeks, yeah, so. I think I think the UConn game could be a winnable game for them. I don't yeah. think UConn is a world beater this year. I mean, no. they're good, but I don't imagine that you know every anybody's going into that game expecting a you know an outright slaughter. Well, it, yeah. could, it could certainly be one, but you know, I in my opinion, I think that's they could certainly keep that one close. Yeah, uh, then they'll play uh, Princeton. On the 17th, that that's part of game the uh, Air Force Reserve Invitational in Brooklyn. Uh, and then they play Colorado, who I know you really oh, like. Oh, yeah. They play, uh, Go Buffs. They'll play them on December 29th. That's still a long ways away from now, it feels like. I mean, they, they play three games in a span of 25 days. <laughs> um, so, anyway, so 6-2, and two, a good part of that. Also, this was not a part of the tournament, this, this specific event. But the MAC now has its signature win of the non-conference oh, season. Yes. Fairfield oh, yes. takes down SEC and uh, Buzz Williams, Texas A&M down in Orlando on Sunday. That was part of the Orlando mm-hmm. Invitational. You know, I, there if there was going to be a team that did have the signature win, and, and we had it last <laughs> year with Niagara beating uh, Pittsburgh, um, I would not have expected it to be yeah, Fairfield. Absolutely. Not. I mean, well, they um, one in six up to up until this point. I That's so, their yeah. second win of the year. I mean, you know, sure, A and M aren't you know a top twenty five no, caliber no. team, but they're still in the SEC for God's sakes. Yeah. I mean, that's it, it, it's really. I did not expect that at all. I don't think you expected that at no, all. No. And, you know, you know, I mean, like we were talking about a little bit earlier. I mean, they they played USC and Davidson. They played uh, them both relatively close. Yes, exactly. Uh, they, USC more so than Dayton. Yeah, or Davidson. I'm yeah. sorry. We'll get to Dayton later. Yes, we will. Um, but yeah, I mean, they played both of them close, and like 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 we said, the 
they were down about 16 to Davidson at the half, and uh, they ended up winning or they ended up losing that game by about 10. The USC game was much closer. They were down three at the half, and they ended up uh, losing that by about seven. Mm-hmm. I believe it was 54-47 was the final score of that game. But going back to you know Fairfield, Jay Young has really become a Mac guy. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, and I agree. With he's you. done really well with not a lot of guys. Yeah. That, that you would consider guys that yeah, are right. Mac powerhouses. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Cruz, obviously we kind of expected him to be their number one guy heading into the year. I remember in our first episode we were talking about that. Um, but at, in the A&M game, it was uh, Landon Taliaferro. Yes. Uh, 34. Uh, I, I want to say, what, 10 made threes, 9 made threes, something like that, if I remember correctly. If I saw that uh, – I saw that yeah, he, on he Twitter. shot 10 for 15 from three, 12 for 18 overall at 34 points. Uh, he, he uh, you know, the funny thing is I'm looking at his line right now, not a single free throw. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. That's pretty um, crazy. Hey, shoot or shoot, I guess. They I mean. do, they do. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, this is a really, really good performance out of, out of that group, uh, you know. So they, they did really well. Um Vincent Ease had a good game as well. He had 10 points in that game. But the story of that game was Landon Taliaferro. Yeah. I mean, he just completely took over that game, especially in the second half. Um, so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, I mean, and they did had, it with uh, only uh, seven minutes played from Adis Kavialowskis as <laughs> well. Um, he only played seven minutes in that game, didn't score at all. That's crazy. Um, so they did it. They did it without, you know, kind of their main guy, I yeah. almost feel like. So, yeah. you know, good on them for beating them. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on as well. Canisius was also down in Florida. They played in the Boca Raton Classic. Um, they beat – it was Mercer that they beat in the semifinals of that tournament. They yeah. lost to Hofstra. That was yesterday. And also beat UIC, they beat in, UIC in a non-campus game. game. That was Tuesday night, and they – They just beat them, smoked they, them. They smoked them. It was – 94 to 64 was the final score of that game. And going back to that game, what I thought was most interesting, it, it was obviously the most complete game that Canisius has played all year. Mm-hmm. Malik Johnson did not score in that game at all. That's unbelievable. And I mean, so they they played a complete game. It was the best game they had played all year and you don't have their uh you don't have their leading yeah. scorer scoring at all. But what you do have though is Jaco Fritz the who has been that yeah, the Dutchman who has been um Really, really good for oh, this yeah. Canisius team. I mean, what is it now? On. Three straight, three rookie straight of the Mac weeks, rookie of the week. Yeah, he which got is named crazy. again uh, yesterday. Yeah, I mean, he he has been phenomenal. I mean, he hasn't been putting up like huge, like twenty points a game no, numbers no. or nothing like that. But he's just been a solid piece, you know, Very. a young piece for yes. this Canisius team. And you know, they we kind of talked about it at the start of the year. You know, we knew Malik was going to be their guy. We knew Malik was going to be the dude that they're going to look to. They're going to run the offense through him. Yeah, but. The question was, you know, what, what's the supporting cast going to be able to do? I mean, I don't know if anybody really expected Jaco Fritz to come out and, you know, put on the no, performance no. he has through these last few he had games 16 and last few weeks. Mercer, um, so that that was his high. He had 16 against yeah. Mercer. I really think it's kind of 12 sparked. against Bonaventure, 12 against Bucknell. Yeah. I think it kind of sparked back to that winning bucket against Bucknell. I feel like that's really I when think it, it yeah. kicked it in. He kicked it into high gear, and he's really been playing at a high level ever since. After that, uh, yeah. layup a couple weeks ago that and got him the win. He has never there. There has never been a Canisius player that have won Mac Rookie of the Week three weeks in a row, there you go. or History. any type of award three weeks in historic. a row. That, that's never happened. Absolutely historic. Um, he had ten rebounds in the uh, game against St. Bonaventure as well. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's nothing. He's been doing it on the glass too. That's just, you know. He's, oh yeah, he's been great on the glass, big time. 
Um, but I mean, this this Canisius team, I'm surprised at this start. Um, I did not expect them to. Oh yeah, be this yeah, we were good just talking early about that too. on. Yep. Like, this is a good team. Oh, I yeah. feel like because they're getting they're getting the pieces. They have uh, they got Scott, Scott Hitchin back yesterday. He was uh, out with a leg injury. He he had been yeah. out for a couple games. Um, but like I said, like this team is. I mean, Jordan Henderson has gotten good minutes. Armand Harid, the freshman, yeah. has been very good he had, as what, well. Twenty against Hofstra, I think. Yeah, about there. Um, Majesty Brandon has been very good. Uh, or Amon Harid had 15 yesterday. Ah. But uh, Majesty Brandon has done really well, even though he can still be a tad inconsistent, and I think he's trying to more adjust to playing to Division One basketball because, yeah. like we said, he was in yeah. JUCO before this at, at uh, Monroe Community College in Rochester. Um, but, uh, you know, Jelani White had a 20-point game recently, and just overall, I mean – Malik Johnson was supposed to be kind of the guy for this team, like you said, but the issue was going to be the depth coming into mm-hmm. this year, and I think they found the depth. Yeah, I would and, say so. Um, I think that's I think yeah. that's a really good thing. And I, I I said coming in that this tournament was going to be kind of a kind of a balance beam for kind of a yeah balance beam we'll go with for finding kind of who they are with. Because a lot of the teams they're playing, like Mercer or, or and Hofstra and UIC, are going to be similar to the teams they play mm-hmm. in MAC competition starting in actually a couple weeks, not too not too far from now. Um, and and they really competed against them, and that, I think yeah. that's a good thing. Um, they have one more game in yep. down in Florida, Florida Atlantic tomorrow. They'll play Florida Atlantic Shout tomorrow to night at seven o'clock. Lane Kiffin, he is not the coach of that team, although. No. He could be the coach at Arkansas Honestly, in the next yeah. couple days. Um, could be. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, a little, little football shout-out. Yeah, football. Shout-out Lane Kiffin. We love Lane <laughs> Kiffin. Um, also, Niagara finally won a game yes. on Sunday. They beat Norfolk State. Congratulations, Niagara. Congratulations, <laughs> Greg Paulus. Oh, yeah. Um, That's a good win. I mean, you know, Norfolk State win. isn't, you know, it's a, a great team. But, yeah. you know, regardless, it's always good to get the first yeah. one out of the way. Yeah. I mean, you're not pulling a, a Monmouth last year where they were 0-11 heading into no, the conference no. play. But, you know, still, you know, can't. Not bad. Yeah, you know? absolutely. You know, yeah. you can't, can't be a upset about a win. A win. You absolutely. Know? win is a win. Also, something that did happen uh, – a couple – well, it was on Sunday the 24th because we did not record last week. Right, right. So we didn't get a chance to talk about it. Ryder over Vermont. Yes, that that was um, – you know, Vermont was supposed to be a really, really good uh, mid-major team, one of the best teams in the country, and Ryder came out and beat them. Yes, straight I, in, up. in Vermont. It was in Vermont. Yes, correct, it was. If, if I'm Frederick Scott, yes. I see 25 points, 13 rebounds, 3 assists. Yeah. Filling up the stat sheet and leading the Bronx. So, you know, that's – that's the type of win that you Vermont look back. Vermont is a really tough yeah, place to play in, too, because they have the – I've never been to that gym, but I feel like just, like, seeing it on TV and whatnot, it feels like everything is on top of you, <laughs> and, and that's just it, – it's a gym that I feel like is always loud and yeah. it's always a sellout. Kind of reminds me a little bit of St. Bonaventure's gym a little bit. A little bit, yeah. yeah just, I, I've never been on the, the Riley fact, Center. Yeah, either. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, like I said, that's – it's a tough place to play, and I, I think it's tough for anyone that goes in there to win a game and mm-hmm. – uh, I mean, this is, this, is a, team. this is a Vermont team who played Virginia really well. It did. And um, I think that's the most points Virginia has given up all year. Yeah. Was to Vermont. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think Ver- you're right. Vermont held – or uh, not Vermont. Virginia held uh, Maine to 26 points the other day, <laughs> which was insane. <laughs> yeah, it is. But, um, wild. 
you know, it's good for them to. I mean, that that's a really good win. It's not it's not quite your signature win, but yeah, it it's up there. As Absolutely, probably a top win of the non conference. Probably top five if if we're kind of mm-hmm. talking about yeah. that. I would say you know with uh, Fairfield beating AM, I would say that's probably the max signature win thus yes. far. But I would say right over Vermont's got to be up there. It's got to you know, be up top there. three, top, top five at yeah. least. Uh, oh yeah, obviously. Um. One more big thing to get to in the MAC on it was Saturday. Yeah, Saturday, Jalen Pickett was benched against Colgate. Um, I'm not really sure what's going on there because he yeah. he's had discipline problems before. He he had one right. last year where, uh, or, or it was earlier this year, he was he didn't start a game because of disciplinary reasons, and I guess I believe it was he was late to a workout. Mm. I think it was and. Uh, Carmen Masarello didn't give a reason. They just said, uh, I believe the official term of that was violation of team policy. Mm. But um, you don't want this to turn into an eco Claire situation with Jalen Pickett because, because Jalen Pickett is the best player that the Sienna program has had. Probably one of the best players in the MAC period Probably, right now. Probably, yeah. And, I mean, this, this is the guy who tested the NBA waters last year and did decide to come back for his sophomore year. And you just don't want him to turn into a head case and a liability that's just yeah. going to, you know, not care about the program right. and just I'm looking towards right. the NBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and especially with a MAC program, this kind of stuff is – getting drafted is not a guarantee for him. Oh, no, absolutely not. And so I don't think – because – and a lot, of te- a lot of NBA teams will look to a player's character as well to make sure that they're getting a good teammate, a good person. Yep. And if this is a guy who's constantly, you know – getting suspended for a game or two and getting benched and mm-hmm. having your starter and not being allowed to start a game, you know, it's, it, it's not a good look. No, it's at not. all. It's um, not. So yeah, I mean, like if you, yeah, if you're an NBA GM and you're looking at this situation, you say, all right, you know, kids got, you know, he's averaging 16 a game, about five rebounds, five assists, a block and a steal per game. I mean, if I'm seeing these stats correctly, so yeah. it's not like he has not been performing. Right, right. He, but, he performs. He's one of the best players. I yeah. mean, him and Elijah Burns have probably been the best one-two punch in the league this yes, year. Yes, yes. But, you know, as you, as you alluded to, if you're an NBA GM and you're looking at this situation, say, okay, the kid can hoop, the kid's putting up good numbers, but, you know, he's putting up these good numbers, but he's getting benched. You know yeah. what I mean? If there's disciplinary problems going on here, I mean, that's certainly something you got to look into. Yeah. And, you know, it, it makes you wonder then, uh, you know, I kind of, uh, oh, shoot. I, I, I kind of blanked here, but, um, oh, shoot, I, I'll, I'll just move on. But, you know, I, I, I couldn't remember what player it was, but, uh, you know, just, the, you know, you, you kind of see it sometimes in football and in basketball where, you know, a guy will think about entering the draft one year, and then you're like, yeah, you know what, you know, I'll come back to school, you know, maybe yeah. do better, try and improve, yeah. and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, and then you, you you play that year, either you play worse, or a situation like this comes about, or you know, and that it, it tanks your draft stock. Yeah, and it, it makes obviously hindsight is then 2020, 2020, but you know, still, you have to then think, dang, should I have went for it my freshman year? Yeah. Should I have? You know why? Why did I come back if this is literally just costing me money, costing me, you know, a, a draft spot? Uh, you know, you could go from a first round pick to a second round pick, and then possibly not even or a getting round draft. pick undrafted. Exactly. And I mean, this is a thing that even happened at Canisius in the past couple of years with Isaiah Reese and Tacom Olson. Yes. I mean, I, Isaiah Reese could be still in the Canisius program right now, but he he tested the waters after year two, which is fine, and he decided to come back and. Yeah, he actually, was, li- that's a, that's he a, was a liability point. last yep. year, and it led to you know him causing drama, and 
him eventually leaving ba- the program. And, yeah. and eventually leaving the yeah, getting suspended in January and eventually leaving the program. Yeah, no, I, that's actually the perfect yeah. player for my for the analogy I was kind of trying to say there. Yeah, you know, where you know you, exactly you test the waters, you see what's going on, you know, see what the scouts say, see what you know the, yeah, the projections a lot, a lot, are. A lot of those, a lot of the mid major guys will just go in to get. Right, advice. just to from get yeah. The, okay, right. here's what you need to improve on in order to get drafted. Exactly, and, and I can't blame him for that. You know what I mean? If you have a shot at making the league, you might as well take every opportunity you can to do that. Right. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, same thing with Tacom Olson too last year, and that, that 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 ended up with him leaving the program as well. He's at Seton Hall now, as yeah, as probably most of our listeners know. Um, but you don't want this to turn into oh he has an ego and he's a right. liability for the program. Right. You don't. You do not want to. You you do, you do not want to create a toxic environment no, here. When no, you don't. You have a team that you know on and, paper could potentially win the MAC, and yeah. you know you don't want something like that to and just hamper wanna, them. And you don't, don't want to have players with ulterior motives. Yeah, and, no. And in the back of their mind, want to bring the team down for their for their own sake and mm-hmm. to make themselves look better and right. stat and stat pad and you know. So obviously, you don't want to no. you, to do that. And it sounds like they. I think Sienna has to get Jalen Pickett in in. in yeah. back in control and back wanting to be the mm-hmm. team that they can be potentially because Sienna has a lot of potential. They do. Honestly. They do. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you just don't want to. You don't want to see that. You don't want to <laughs> see it. You don't want to see it happen at all. all right, anything else? Uh, Mac uh, for Mac, for Mac-wise, I don't have anything else. But um, we'll go to the National. Um, two big stories here. We'll start with uh, We'll start with Michigan. Uh, in the battle for Atlantis, Juwan Howard. This team, this Michigan team, is un- was unranked coming into the season. They are seven and zero, and they whew. jumped this week from unranked to number four in the country after they won the battle yep. for Atlantis. I believe which, um, tied tied for the long. It did tie. It tied uh, the biggest jump. It was Kansas in 1989. They went from uh, unranked to number four as well. That was after because the, they won the NIT tip-off that year. Mm-hmm. And uh, this Michigan team beat UNC and, and Gonzaga, two teams in the top ten in the yeah, country, in the 24 hours. That's it's just, just, and let, me, let me also say, they didn't just beat Gonzaga. They dismantled Gonzaga. They, they, yeah, I mean, that they was a real, what, 22.82, 84.62, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Which is just they, crazy. and Absolutely crazy. And, and, and the final score of that Michigan-UNC game, that final score – showed that the game was much closer than it actually was. There was points in that Michigan-UNC game where Michigan was up by 25. Yeah. And, like, this this Michigan team is extremely legit. Oh, they yeah. They really, really Absolutely. are. Absolutely. I mean, they can prove it even more tonight against yeah. Louisville. Yeah, against Louisville. That is going to be a fan. I am, I am pumped for that game. Oh, yeah. I think that's going to be, be a fantastic that's gonna game be really of basketball. Good. And, uh yeah, that's part of the ACC Big Ten Challenge, which will be happening over the next two days. Duke will play Michigan State. Yep, that's another good one tonight. as well today. But I mean, Juwan Howard. A lot of people thought that you know coming in, you leave John Beeline. And yeah, I mean, and people Beeline, and people rightfully had their doubts about him. You know right, what I mean? and I think you know coming into the year, I I saw, I remember seeing back in May, oh, Juwan Howard is a candidate, and they and I kind of said, oh, they should hire him. Because yeah. it's a recognizable name for the Michigan oh, yeah. program. That's just that's a recruit. It, it kind of reminds it's me of Penny Hardware down yeah. in Memphis. It really is. Um, so, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, and for, I think he's done a great job as a coach. You know, not just from a recruiting and a and a from figurehead an standpoint. standpoint. I think he's done a great job. You know, I kind of think uh, I can't remember how long ago this was, but I saw something on Twitter. Uh, 
basically saying he was talking about uh, a, a recruit, um, yeah. just kind of complimenting them and, you know, kind of saying, you know, good stuff about them. And then he, he paused and he was like, wait a minute, I can't, I, that's illegal. Like, I can't, I, <laughs> I'm like hampering with a recruit right now. Or like, I don't know if he actually said that, but uh, I, I know, like, yeah. I saw the video, he was just talking, he just yeah. kind of paused mid-sentence and just stopped talking. I'm assuming he just kind of mentally realized, wait a minute, I can't, I can't do that. But right. I mean, that's just something that a first-year college coach realizes. Something that, yeah, uh, you know, and they he, they he, come to terms with. I mean, he, well, he was with the the Miami Heat, if I'm yes, not mistaken. Yes, he was Miami Heat. He was an assistant coach with the Heat, and uh, you know, this is a guy I feel like is willing to grind and he'll do just about anything for his team. I remember in one of the games he had a, I don't know if it was a, you know, deservingly viral moment, but. Uh, he grabbed the towel after some players fell and started wiping oh, yeah. off the floor. <laughs> I don't know if that was a deserved, deserving viral moment, but I mean, I I think it also shows that he is willing to do a lot to make his team better. Yeah, and um, you know that's a cool thing to see, and especially you know he's late forties probably now, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. I think I think he could be a guy who's at Michigan for a long time. Yeah, and you know he obviously loves that program. He played there. And you know, you just think that I think know. I think he's definitely a rightful heir to John Beeline. I would I think I would he, say I, I, for sure. I completely agree with I mean, that. Obviously, the sample size isn't huge, but I mean, regardless, a, yeah, a jump yeah. from unranked to number four is pretty darn good. It is. I mean, I think part of the reason because Mi- Michigan had a lot of players back from last year, but I think part of the reason that they were unranked, I mean, they they, they did lose some guys with uh, Mo Wagner being the biggest one. Yeah. Um, but I think the biggest reason why they were unranked was because what. They lost on the sidelines. Yeah, and that being yeah. John Beeline. Yeah, and and, I, and again, I think that's John Beeline is so. Yeah, and John Beeline is probably one of the best, if not the best, college X's and O's coach in the country. Mm-hmm. And he always gets the best out of his players. And a lot, I'm, a lot of people thought that this season might not have gone well with Juwan Howard. And you know, I I I might have been one of those people that kind of <laughs> thought that okay, they lost a lot on the sideline. They might be kind of in a rebuilding stage for a year or two as Juwan Howard kind of learns how to be a head coach, especially at the college level yeah. with all the recruiting and all of that, dealing with the NCAA. But, um, you know, he's done a lot better than I thought he yeah. would. I mean, um, he's you know, his players have contributed too. I mean, I'm just looking at their their numbers here. I mean, Isaiah Livers, he's been darn good. He's yeah. Set, scoring 17 a game. Uh, John Teske's got uh, nine, averaging nine, uh, a little over nine rebounds per game uh, to go along with 13 points. Uh, Eli Brooks, Xavier Simpson, both averaging 12. Xavier Simpson is a really, really yeah, good Yeah, I like him. I, I was I, watching the Gonzaga game, yes. and I was like, this kid can play. I very much enjoy watching him play. <laughs> um, is Fra- Franz Wagner, now is that Mo Wagner's? Yes, it is. That's what I thought. Yes. I was like, okay, with a name like Franz, I was like, it's got to be Mo Wagner's yeah, brother. Yeah, But, yeah, so uh, – you know they certainly have the talent, certainly have the uh, the coaching. I I think they can give Louisville a game tonight. I, don't I think know if they, they pull can. it out. Yeah, obviously you're in a hostile environment. It's certainly not going to be an easy one. But yeah, I mean hell, if you can beat North Carolina and Gonzaga in a span of 24 less than 24 hours, I yeah, mean, I think you can certainly give the number one team in the country, Louisville, a game. Yeah. which also kind of transitioning a little bit. I can I tweeted about it, but I cannot put into words how amazing it is that louisville is the number one team in the country right now after the scandals and the, the oh, yeah. punishments oh, that yeah. rocked the program rick patino getting basically exiled yeah like that is crazy to me that yeah. within it, three years what was it, two three years whatever they're the number one team in the country again i like, think it shows i think it shows what good of a job chris mack has done even absolutely though it, it second year in the program and 
you know, it good for him. He went to, he came from Xavier and he just, he put it past him. He's like, okay, mm-hmm. this is a new era of Louisville basketball. The, the past stuff that has gone on is over. Yep. And this is going to be a new thing. We're going to have a culture change and we're going to be good. And Jordan Nora is really probably a top player in the country. Absolutely. That's a top five or Absolutely. ten player in the country. And you know, you know, I love me some Jordan Nora. Oh, yeah. Buffalo native. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, but uh, I, I I am in agreement with you there. I think he's he's definitely. I would say he's got to be on the wooden watch. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, he's got to be. No you know doubt. What I mean, he's he's he has just performed day in and day out. He's been not the sole reason, but one of the big reasons that Louisville yeah. has ascended to number one in the country. And I think I, I'm you know going on a limb here. I think I think he goes for 25 tonight. I, I really expect him to he have. Might. A, I think yeah. I expect him to have a really big game yeah. tonight. But I think you know. You know, I think it's going to be an absolute dogfight tonight. Yeah, I'm I think so, so too. looking forward to this one. And uh, the second game of that doubleheader is Duke against Michigan State. Ah, the battle of teams who have really let their fan bases down so yeah. far this year. Um, obviously, everyone knows that Duke lost to a little school uh, called uh, Stephen F. Austin. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. What a game that, that was, was. Oh, my gosh. That's got to um, be – that's probably my favorite – Game of regular season college basketball I've seen in probably in a long time. Yes, I, um, I mean I can't think to another one off the top of my head, but in recent memory that was probably one of my favorite games I've seen. And I mean that was just Duke, like, Duke did not. <sighs> Stephen F. Austin played up to Duke. Yes, they did. Steve, and, and that was the other thing. Duke was up. They were up like what 14, 15 Duke, at Yeah, one Duke, point? Duke had a big lead. They were I think it was closer to twenty. Yeah. Honestly, at one point I think it was seventeen or eighteen. But I mean the Lumberjacks just keep. Uh, they kept storming back and storming back, and yep. they got it to overtime. And you know that the moment at the end of the game where you had the tie up, and you had a, it was Nathan Bain pick up the ball, run up the court, and <sighs> just lay it in at the buzzer. I literally I I watched that, and you know after you know seeing highlights and stuff on Twitter about yeah. you know about that play and. You know, the fact that, you know, his family was, uh, you know, the, the, the hurricane devastated yeah. his family's home and it's just family period down in the Bahamas, you know. I, That's a really cool oh, story, yeah. too. They're up to, um, I checked it this morning, they're up to $150,000 raised on GoFundMe. That is GoFund fantastic May. news. Yeah, I think I, I threw $5 in there, you know what there I mean? You know. That was, oh, yeah. You yeah. Know, sh- sh- shameless plug. Shameless oh, plug. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, you know, I thought I thought that was a incredible, incredible story yeah. for him. But, you know, just going back to the play, I cannot imagine what's going through that kid's head when – he gets that ball. He looks up. There is nobody There's around no him. There's no one there. There's three and a half seconds left. Like I don't. He was I don't know. Flying. Yes, he was. Yeah. I don't like. Oh, it's unbelievable. I, I don't know what I would have. I, there's no way I would have been able to pull that off in that situation. I, I think my my mind and my nerves would just make me explode or something just because of how big yeah. of a moment that was. Yeah. Like. You know, you see a lot of times you see a play like that when you have somebody running in the open floor and time's running down, you know, they might panic and then pull up for a jump shot. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he, that whole way, he, he waited. Said layup. He waited until the last possible tick. I know, that replay, that slow-mo He let it go with about, what, yeah, two one, tenths? One or one two tenths? tenths left on the clock. I unbelievable. Mean, it was just an unbelievable ending to a really unbelievable game. Yeah. I remember I was kind of, I was, I was watching a different game. I, I forget what game I was watching. But then I saw – I was just scrolling through other scores, and I saw, oh, my God, uh, yeah. Duke and Stephen F. Or I think it, it was <laughs> a friend that texted me. I'm thing. like, ah, uh, are you seeing what Duke is doing right now? And I, I'm like, no. And I turned it on. I, know, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was funny. I did. I pretty much did the same thing. I yeah. was uh, I was just scrolling through Twitter or whatever, and, you know, I saw the score earlier, and, it, yeah. and, you know, Duke was up like eight or nine or ten or something in the first half. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay, you know, good. You know, shout out to Duke. Yeah. You know, winning a – 
you know, win or buy a game. That's cool. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, not a big deal. Yeah, and then, you know, same thing. I'm scrolling through Twitter, and I think it was either Mid-Major Madness, you know, shout out to Mid-Major Madness. I love Mid-Major or, Madness. Oh, yeah. They're great. Uh, you know, it was either them or somebody else just tweeted, like, uh, you know, does anybody realize what Stephen F. Austin's doing to Duke right now? And I was like, uh, I do not know what Stephen F. Austin's doing to Duke right now. I checked the score, and wow, you know, this is a, it's a tight game down the stretch yeah. right here. And, yeah. you know, obviously you, you think back to Evansville over Kentucky, and, yeah. you know, you're like, well, nothing's out of the realm of possibility. No, no. And, uh, you know, so I, you know, managed to managed to find a stream, watch yeah. the end of the game, and what a game it was. As yeah, you and said. I mean, I, th- I think it shows how much parity there is in college basketball yes. this year, and I think that's, that's a, a really good point. thing. I think – I mean, I, I don't want to go in and say, oh, anybody can beat anybody because obviously that's not the case. But I, I don't think uh, the Mississippi Valley Delta Devils, for example, <laughs> is going to go out there and beat Duke. Yeah, no. But, um, I mean, like I said, there's so many teams that can win. The, I could I could say there's probably 15 or 20 teams that could, I, I oh, could yeah. realistically see winning the national oh, yeah. championship Absolutely. this year. And that's, that, that is what makes this year so great, as you yeah. said, is that – there is no one team in the country right now that is the unanimous number one. No. Where, you know, they're going out, they're dominating. Like, I think to Duke last year. I mean, I, you know, I had my doubts yeah. about Duke early in the year, but, you know, they, they were a good team. You know what I mean? They, they, they were a very good team. But regardless, you know, heading into that season with the recruiting class they had, the talent they had, everybody thought they were going to be the number one team in the yeah. country. And, you know, for a good portion of the year, they prove that they were the number one yeah. team in the country. You know what I mean? They were a really good team. They were the favorite to win it all last year. Obviously, we all know what happened there. But yeah. with that being said, you look at – you look at you compare last year to this year, there is not a 2018-19 Duke team that has all this talent, has the top recruiting class yeah. that everybody expects, okay, oh, yeah, it's a runaway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody is stopping them. Like – I mean, just the fact that there's been what now three or four different number one teams through yeah. five. The number four, one team weeks, has lost going into a game. The number one team has lost three times this year, already. which is crazy. And the season is not even a month old. Yeah. So it really, sh- yeah, it does really show how many good teams there are out there. And I think Michigan is another mm-hmm. good example of that. Going back to what we said, you know what's crazy? Another thing too, Mar- the Maryland Terps are number three in the country, and I feel like I've not heard a peep about them. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. They, like, I feel like they're, they're a team that just they just grind it out and they're yeah. gonna win games. And yeah, I don't think they really had a signature win or like a signature game where I don't know if they act, I don't even know if they played a top twenty-five team yet in the country. But uh, you know, with that being said, I, I could be wrong on that. But you know, just knowing knowing Maryland and you know, I whenever I hear Maryland, I always think to Mellow Trimble. Mellow Trimble was probably one of my yeah. you know, a favorite they, college they, basketball yeah, they player had, of mine. They, they, but they did play Marquette. Marquette, on, yeah, that's uh, a good win. Sunday, and they did, they, they did a good job in that game realistically because they held Marcus Howard, who's known as one of the best scorers in the country, to six points that's in crazy. that game. He, uh, he shot one for 12. And he was coming off, what, a 51-point game? And he was coming <laughs> off a 51. I mean, Marcus Howard is one of the best scorers in the country, if not he's probably the one of the best. Be- I, he's probably he's up there for me with Jimmer Fredette, uh, yeah. Doug McDermott. Like he scored forty points against Davidson. That game was on uh, Thanksgiving Thursday, and then followed that up Friday against UNC with fifty-one. So he had ninety-one points in two crazy. games. Absolutely crazy. And I mean, like I said, I he's a guy I love watching play. Yeah, I I've, I've loved watching him play for a couple of years now. I think he's. I think he's so much fun to watch, and mm-hmm. I think 
I, I think he I think he ends up being a lottery pick, obviously, and uh, it's awesome that he came back. He's now a four year guy, obviously. Yeah, I know. At, that, uh, I was really happy to Marquette, see that. And um, I mean, if they would have lost him and the Hauser brothers, I think Marquette would have been in a lot of trouble. But yeah, you know, I mean, even the Hauser brothers leaving was a was a surprise. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. I know. I didn't. I did not expect that either. No, but. I didn't either. Yeah, but I thought Marquette was going to take a big step back, losing both of them. But they're now they're five and two on the year. They their only losses are to Wisconsin and Maryland, like we just said. They beat USC. They beat Davidson. They beat Purdue. Mm-hmm. Their other couple oh, wins are against Robert Morris and uh, Loyola Maryland, which don't really count. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's Steve Wojciechowski has done a really really yeah, good job with this program yeah. the past couple years, and I think. I think they're going to be a team to be reckoned with and come March. And, oh, yeah. I know. think I think when you have a guy like Marcus Howard, I think you're always a threat. You know yeah, I mean? because in, in the NCAA tournament, guys can easily take over games, mm-hmm. and I think he's a guy that can take over a game Absolutely. with his ability to score. Absolutely. Um, I mean, even the even the game last year between him and John Morant, even though, that was a great game. Even though Murray State won that game by about 20, I, I was disappointed in Marcus Howard because I thought that yeah. was going to end up being a really good game. But like we said, John Morant really took over that game, and he was he was that guy mm-hmm. that was able to propel them to a win. Yep. And uh, yep, guys can take over NCAA tournament games. Yep. And, as uh, evident, as you just said, evidence John Morant. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, one team we have not talked about yet uh, today, and they have a guy that can take over games is Obi Toppin and oh, the Dayton yes. Flyers. Oh my gosh! Oh my goodness! Their performance in the Maui Jim Maui tournament. By the way, Maui Jim Maui tournament is probably one of my favorite. You know that, ter- that tournament non-conference Thanksgiving to me. Yes, I know. I, I love. Yeah. It. I, like that is really probably one of my favorite tournaments. You know, in, in early season college basketball. Yeah. I mean, just the fact that number one, you're playing in such a beautiful setting. Oh yeah. Number two, you got Bill Walton there, just you know, being Bill Walton. But, but, yeah. Nothing is better than. <laughs> No, I, I, Nothing I think is better than watching too. a game at two o'clock in the morning. I know. Morning, I literally was and just. And Bill oh Walton is talking about pants. Yeah, like, <laughs> that was. Oh my gosh, it was. It was hilarious. I think I was watching. Uh, I think it was BYU, uh, not BYU Kansas, but it was BYU. I think BYU UCLA. I think it was like one of the later yeah. games, like eleven thirty. Yeah, and I he was always just, does the late game. Yeah, I was just you know chilling on my couch, you know channel, you know channel flying, whatever, and. You know, it came across the game, so I was watching it. You know, I knew BYU, you know, they could be a decent team this year. So yeah. I was just, you know, kind of getting a taste for them. And Bill Walton, you know, Danny Ainge, I guess, was at the game. And yeah. Bill Walton just starts talking about Danny Ainge and all these stories. And I'm just like, like, where where else do you where else do you <laughs> get this amazing, kind of yeah. entertainment, honestly? Yeah. But anyways, yeah, it's getting back to Dayton. Obi Toppin, that, that boy can play. He can. Oh, um, my gosh. He is unreal. He he took over the game against Georgia. They won that game eighty to sixty one. They beat Virginia Tech eighty nine to sixty two. Um and he basically did take over the game against Kansas, even though they did lose out that, that, that was a great that game was, on yep, Wednesday yep, night, yep, yep, ninety yep. to eighty four. Kansas won that game in overtime. I thought Dayton was pulling that one out. I when thought that, they like, would too. I down the down the final few minutes, I was like, This feels like Dayton can squeak yeah. this one out, but obviously they didn't. But regardless, I mean that's a hell of a performance to take the now number yeah. two team in the country to overtime as a yeah. technically a mid major. Yeah. And uh, I mean the good thing, the great thing about this Dayton team is they don't just have Obi Toppin. They they have all sorts of guys that they they play nine or ten guys, and they're all they all have the capabilities, and all their star players really yep. complement each other well. Yeah, and I agree with you. I there. think that uh, like really, 
does help them. They have a their, game uh, coming up here on the 21st of December against my my you know my adopted sons, the Colorado Buffaloes, which I think yeah. that'll be a great game. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, it, the it, guys they have. And St. Mary's, too. Uh, yeah, St. Mary's coming up here this week. Game too. That should be a good game. Uh, so they're 19 in the country now. This is the first time they've been ranked in four years. But going back to the fact that they don't just have Obi Toppin, they have a guy like Jalen Crutcher, who's a really good shooter, the yep. junior. Uh, M- Ryan Mikesell is really good. Rodney Chapman, Trey Landers, even even going down to a guy like Ibby Watson, who has um, – he has a lot of capabilities to do things, but Obi Toppin is a sophomore and he's doing all of this. And <laughs> yeah, his I mean, if he keeps playing, he keeps playing the way he is. I think we'll see him in the pros next year. I, th- I think we even <laughs> see him as a lottery pick next yeah. year. I mean, I think I think he's that good. And if he keeps up this, this contributing, you know, factor and you know everything he can do, I think he's going to end up being a really, really good player, mm-hmm. e- even at the pro level, and like. The star players like Crutcher and Mike Sillinchem, they complement each other well. Yeah. They, because, you know, where Crutcher might have a weakness, Mike Sell can fill in. Or, and, yep. you know, one thing like that. And, and they just have a lot of depth. Like I said, they have nine or ten guys that play every single game. You, don't, you just don't see that in college basketball anymore. A lot of teams, you know, if you look at, like I said, a lot of teams that, like a Syracuse or a Duke or a UNC or whoever – they're only playing six guys, six or uh-huh. seven guys. And you don't see a lot of teams, especially at, you know, e- even for Atlantic 10, you don't see a lot of teams that play 10 guys, 10, right, 11 guys. Right, right, right. You just don't see it too much. And I think that's really cool to have that going back to it and uh, going back to how it used to be. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, Dayton is 19 in the country now. First time they've been ranked in four years. They play, uh, they'll play Houston Baptist tonight. Uh, then they'll play St. Mary's, Drake, North Texas, Colorado, uh, Grambling State in North Florida, and then they'll start uh, Atlantic 10 play. And I think the Atlantic 10, just in general, is very up this year. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, um, you got VCU, you got Dayton now. Yeah. You know, St. Bonaventure has been disappointing. St. Bonaventure I mean, They, got, they do got talent, you know. Uh, yeah. So I mean, they, this is a good conference that has, that is taking a big step up. I'm really even. curious to see who wins that tournament. Rhode Island is oh yeah, up Rhode this Island. Year. Of course, I mean, I they have Fats Russell, um, who I who I really like watching play. Richmond is up this year. Um, so, I, I mean, always this, forget that Richmond's in the A10. This is going to be I yeah, they are. That. This is going to be a really entertaining uh, stretch here for. Atlantic 10 basketball. Absolutely. I'm I'm ex- like I said I'm very excited to see where that yeah. that conference play goes cuz I think that could just be straight cannibalism. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean I, they're just going to keep beating each beating other. Beating each other, yeah. It's a shame that the uh, the two games between Dayton and VCU are both going to be on uh, CBS Sports Network rather than uh you know, an ESPN. Like I said those two games are uh at Dayton it's going to be January 14th and at VCU it'll be February 18th. Those games will both be on CBS Sports Network, which a lot, unfortunately a lot of people don't get. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are going to be – I think those are going to be much watched. Both of those games are going to be much, must watch. Absolutely. I, I agree with you there. I need to – I do need to say something. You know, I, I, I try my best to be as nice as I possibly can. But Texas Tech, I told you so. All right? Yeah, honestly. I, to, I called it at the start of the year. I did not believe in them. All right? They, you know, they cruise through their little, you know, as you like to say, games that shouldn't even count. Yeah, you know they go five and zero, oh, and then they go ten, eleven point loss to Iowa, seven point loss to Creighton, and they're out of the top twenty-five. 
this is a team that's full of newcomers. Yep. Um, and and I, 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 they, like I said, so the I was very, very doubtful on whether or not those newcomers could come in and replicate the performances that, right. you know, uh, you know, Jared Culver and, you know, that, that other group, uh, other members of that team last year that made the championship game uh, managed to pull off. And so far they really have not been able to do that. No, they haven't. And I think um, – I think Chris Beard really has his work cut out for he him does. this year. Because I mean, Chris Beard's a great coach. I mean, I, I, I don't mean I to, think he's one of the best coaches. Yeah. Uh, did you see what he said the other uh, – I think it was a couple nights ago about the, the process of, you know, dealing with new players mm-hmm. and getting them to learn yeah, how to yeah, run yeah. the system. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if you saw that or not, but it kind of – it's gone viral on Twitter in the last 24 hours or so. And it's really interesting. I, I did listen to it uh, this morning uh, when it first came out yeah. and kind of when I first saw it. Yeah, I mean, but, I think I think they'll rebound, you know what I mean? Like you said, I mean, they have a lot yeah. of newcomers. I'm sure they'll start winning some games again, maybe pull off an upset, get right back in the top 25. But, yeah. you know, I, like I said, I, in, in our first episode, I was just kind of referencing that, just how I, I was kind of – I questioned A&M – or not a and Texas Tech. Tech. Uh, but, I mean, coming up here, they got two more prove-it games. I mean, tomorrow they got DePaul – and boy, oh boy, and DePaul <laughs> is back. DePaul is oh back. Oh my God, <laughs> I cannot believe that the DePaul Blue Devils are what seven and zero, eight and zero right now. That is crazy. I mean, me. there there's only about twenty undefeated teams left in the and country. They are DePaul one of them. is one of them. Or the Blue and, Demons. Um, I'm bad. Not the Blue Devils. The, the, yeah, the DePaul Blue Demons. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, they they've done a really good job this year in a in a stronger. I think they can compete in the Big East, and I think um, I think so too. I think this game against Texas Tech is going to be the, the kind of like their telltale game. You know what I mean? And I think I mean, it could be a telltale, a telltale game for DePaul yes, too. Yes, I think it can be. Yeah, that's I a mean, huge game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's a game between two unranked, but on the other hand, it's kind of a game where you get to see can Texas Tech rebound? Can they finally get a win against a team yeah. that is not, you know, <laughs> that is not basically a Division two team? Yeah. Or, you know, on DePaul's side, can they prove to everybody this is not a fluke? Yeah. You know what I mean? That you know I mean sure they they have DePaul beaten, already has win they have a win over Iowa, they have a win over Boston College, yeah. they beat Minnesota. Yeah. And you know, and those this, are this those is a, are this is a good DePaul yeah, team. Those are good teams, but my, my, my thing there is just that, you know, Iowa they're okay. They're yeah. an okay big ten middle of the road big ten team. Yeah. BC is a middle of the road to bottom ACC team. Yeah, Minnesota. You know they lost coffee, so you yeah. know I, I I don't imagine you know I, I guess same thing. I imagine they're a middle of the road to bottom uh, Big Ten team. Mm-hmm. But Texas Tech, a lot of people expect them to not only make the tournament, possibly win a game in the tournament. Yeah, you know, you know, regardless of you know my 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 previous statements, you know, I think they're they are a good team. Um, I think it will certainly be. You know, we talk about measuring stick games a lot. I think this is a measuring stick game for DePaul. And then after for DePaul, I didn't even know this, they uh, they have UB, uh, University at Buffalo, on the 8th on Fox Sports 1. So okay. I will certainly be tuning in for that as a, as a native Buffalonian and fan of the Bulls. Of course. That should certainly be an interesting one. Yeah, and um, I mean, so Texas Tech um, coming into this year, they were ranked in the AP. They were ranked 13th. Um. Even with all the newcomers, and I think I, I think I said this on Twitter the other day, or, or I think Jeff Goodman tweeted it, and I liked it, or I might have tweeted it myself, or maybe a mix of both. But anyway, they ranked Texas Tech the program. They yes. did not rank Texas Tech the team. Amen. I um, agree with you completely. Because you know, like I said, they have all these new guys who are unproven at the college basketball, at the college level, and especially level at the Big Twelve. 
Um, you know, it's interesting how teams out the AP poll votes and they, like I said, even though they did go to the national championship game this year or last year, I'm sorry, they did lose a lot of guys and they did rank Texas tech, the program itself and Mm. not the team. And I think that does have a lot lot to do with Chris Beard because I think he, he is a really good coach, obviously, like, like we said earlier, he's probably one of the top up and coming coaches in the country. And just overall, he's. He he will be able to coach these guys and make them good. Maybe not maybe not this year will be the year, but maybe, you know, down the road mm-hmm. uh, starting up. Yeah, I agree. I think he, he could be a guy, I think, that could get poached by a bigger school down the road. I think he could. You know I, what I mean? I, I don't, I don't think it'll happen. It will depend what he can do. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it'll happen, like, within the next couple of years. I think he'll certainly try and build a program at, at uh, Texas Tech. But yeah. I do think, you know, down the line, if, you know, you see, uh, I don't even know, maybe – I can't even think of one off the top of my head, but you know, just like a yeah. not, maybe not a blue blood school, but like a, you know, a step below a blue blood school. Yeah, maybe who like, you know, yeah. maybe they fire a coach or they're having a down year, and yeah. you know, let somebody go. I think Chris Beard certainly could be a can, candidate there to uh, step into a, step into a seat there. Like if you have like a John Beeline situation, yeah, that's a good example. Like a John Beeline situation in Michigan, I think he certainly could be yeah. uh, be a name look to. Yeah. Now the opposite of that, a team I'm surprised by is. Um, that how well they've done is Ohio State. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh they're Absolutely. seven and zero oh now. Got a one of those big game tomorrow. Teams. Yeah, big game tomorrow against uh, North Carolina. That's in, that's in at that, UNC, that's, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that is at the Dean Dome. And um, you know, I think that that's going to be a really good measuring stick for them. They beat Cincinnati. They beat Villanova. Those have been those two wins against uh, power conference teams. They did have a big win over Kent State, but I think this is going to be a team that can challenge for a national title. And I think not a lot of people expected Ohio State to be this good yeah, this no. year, but they are. It, no. It's a very good time to be an Ohio State fan, I will <laughs> yeah, say. That's a, that's um, a fact. But like I said, they this is a team that has done really well just overall. And, yeah, I mean, they, they have all these good players. Caleb Wesson, they, they don't have a star player, which is – Yeah, you know, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. That, that's a great way to describe them is that – they're very, it's just yeah. good team basketball. Very you know good what team I mean? It's yeah. next man up. It's not one guy has the ball yeah. like a Marcus Howard and Marquette situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? They have, they have a, lot a lot of guys. guys. They have guys who shoot the ball. They have yep. Caleb Wesson, DJ Carton, Dwayne Washington, Kyle Young, Andre Wesson. But, I mean, uh, Caleb Wesson is probably the best player on that team. He averages uh, just under 13 a game, just under yep. 10 rebounds as well. He shoots 40% from three. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is going to be a team that's going to be a force to be reckoned with. I think yep. Chris Holtman has done a really good job with the program. And, uh, yeah, just looking yeah, ahead. This, they this also... is, I think that's one of those 15, 20 teams, like I said earlier, yep. that can compete for a national yep, title. I agree with you. Just down the line, uh, I was looking at their schedule. They also have a, a, a matchup against Kentucky on the 21st of December, which also should be, That'll a, be a very good, game very too. good game. You know, whether, you know, I, you know, obviously we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow night against UNC, but with that being said, I think, whether they win or lose that that Kentucky game is an opportunity to say, all right, we lost one, yeah. but we still, you know, we're still certainly in the mix here. Yeah, they play uh, Penn State and Minnesota as well during the rest of non-conference, and then they do move in the Big Ten play. They got to play obviously Maryland and Michigan and Michigan State. So I think I, I don't think we'll truly know what this team is until conference play. Yeah, probably starts, not. and I mean that's not a bad thing. You. you you can ride a really good non-conference season in the conference season, I think. And, yep. um, I agree. Yeah. 
Also, just before we wrap up here, got to give a shout out to Butler. They yep. cracked the top 25. I, I do have a trivia question. Oh, yes, yes, of course. Um, so I, I listened to the Ion College Basketball Podcast, and uh, they actually asked the same trivia question. I'm going to ask you it oh, man, as I'm, well. I'm, I'm, I'm hyped. So there are, there are four current Division I coaches who have won the MVP of the Maui Invitational. Who are those four? I get, oh man. Uh I don't even know. I, if I, I, I think two one. of them are pretty obvious. Oh boy. See, this is you, you hit me where it hurts. My my <laughs> my coach knowledge is not 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 very good. Um oh boy, let's see. I think two of them Juwan, we have mentioned two of them we have mentioned in this podcast. Juwan Howard? No, not Juwan. Juwan Howard is not one of them. Uh Two of the four we have mentioned in this podcast. <laughs> just oh, today. Lord. Um I'm gonna feel yeah, I don't even know. I'm gonna feel really dumb. Hit, so, hit me with them. I'll, I'll I'll give you I'll give you a couple hints. Okay. So the the big hint on the first one, he went to Duke and is a coach in the Pac twelve. Bobby Hurley? Yes. Okay. Uh the second one uh is uh, I, I can't tell you it i can't give you a hint because it would immediately give it away <laughs> oh gosh um it is one of the guys we have mentioned in this okay. podcast it was brief but oh shoot he did uh, he did get his name dropped i don't even know um can you give me a conference american american uh i can't tell you where he played because it would give it away uh, I don't even know. Um. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know. Next Penny. one, <laughs> Penny. Penny Hardaway. Oh Penny my God! Hardaway. How did I not think about Bobby that? Bobby Hurley and Penny Hardaway won uh co MVP in 1992. Oh my gosh! How did I not think of Penny Hardaway? Oh my so, gosh! So the next one, uh, I was po- thinking like VCU, and I was like, their coach didn't play. What the? No. Did he? <laughs> um, another one. I'll I'll tell you. He went to Duke, and he's a coach in the Big East. And we have we have mentioned him and his team on this podcast today. Uh, okay, Big East, Duke. Um, he was the MVP in 1997. Uh, oh my gosh. Uh, Big East, Duke. Thinking like. We talked about DePaul, but DePaul, our coach isn't no, no. Duke, obviously. Um, oh, goodness gracious. Ah, my computer just bugged out. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Steve Wojciechowski. Steve Wojciechowski. At Marquette. Oh, my Marquette. gosh. I forgot he went to Duke. And the last Dang one, it. the last one I didn't even get, it was, uh, I'll, I'll just tell you because I don't think you're going to get it. It's uh, Travis Ford. At uh, St. Louis. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah, there's no he, way. He, he, he played <laughs> no at way. Kentucky and was the MVP in 1993. <laughs> oh my gosh, um, I completely forgot Steve Wojciechowski went to Duke. Yeah, I, I completely. He was an assistant there. He's one. kind of a guy that's kind of been thrown around as yeah. uh, a potential. Uh, same with Bobby Hurley as a potential heir to yeah. uh, Coach K. Coach yep. K over at that's, Duke when, wow. whenever that uh, whenever that day comes. How about that? Well, there you go. I yeah. They, they, yeah everyone knows that. <laughs> If if you want to hit me where it hurts, ask me about college coaches because yeah. I will I will completely blank on you. <laughs> Holy smokes! Yeah. So uh, 
We'll just about wrap up here uh, on uh, today's episode of the Talking Smack podcast presented by the Griffcast. My name is Aiden Jolly alongside Adam Gorski. Good night.